Indiana Runner Podcast, Season 2, Episode 15. We get Scott Litzkin's thoughts on an all-time great meet at the Riverview Health Flash Rock Invite from Week 5. Then we preview some of the Week 6 showdowns, including full mock meets of the upcoming HCC Championship at Brownsburg. Hey, one quick note before we get to the podcast. I'm calling out the IATCCC rankings. If you're going to put the Westfield girls 10th and the Carroll girls 19th after the meets they had last weekend, just stop releasing rankings. It's ridiculous. Let's hit it. All right, Colin Altavote and Scott Litzkin here on the Indiana Runner podcast, the podcast that you come for accurate information on Indiana high school cross country and track and field and inaccurate forecasting of whether the Colts are going to win or not. We'll see next week. Uh, I said on the last podcast that I felt like the Colts would win and I was incorrect. So Bears won. Bears won. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, the Colts were good. But here I am. I'm an adult, and they're not. Uh, any any thoughts? Speaking of things that uh, that aren't disappointing, or not speaking of things that aren't disappointing. Any thoughts on the previous weekend of racing? That uh, week six, I guess it would be Flash Rock weekend. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was it was an interesting weekend. I mean, you know, when you look at like the Northridge boys winning at New Prairie, I think that was a little bit of a surprise great for them um you and i talked a little bit about the you know this is going to be a different type of racing experience last weekend with the heat and then you know the challenging courses compared to like i want to say courses i'm talking about new prairie and then the northview church course at, uh, for the riverview health meet and then add in the heat and i think what you really i think what you really got to see is how important depth is um and you know because it's in those situations you're likely to have a runner that's maybe a little bit off and uh and having that sixth runner ready to fill in or or making making sure you're hoping that your top five your best five talented runners are the five scorers for you you see the value in that i think it ran a little bit like a postseason meet i guess what i'd say um new prairie and and the flash rock meet you know maybe you're not going to get the 85 degree weather but you're going to get the you know rains or cold or wind or whatever what might happen later on and so that's what stood out to me it was kind of a maybe it felt a little bit like a postseason type of day yeah that's what i was getting ready to ask it feels like you know when you get to the state meet maybe 50 percent of the time that the the conditions for whatever reason whether it's a really muddy course or a really windy day or even in uh 2016 when you know, I said it was probably not going to be 85 degrees, but in 2016, I think it was 85 when they shot yeah. the gun off for the boys race that would you say maybe 50% of the time it's something like that? Yeah. I mean, it's always windy at Laverne. I mean, in, in October. So I'd say at least 50%. Now, you know, when sometimes you get that, you know, just drenching rain, although Laverne, the course is, they've really improved the drainage on that course a lot in the last five years, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd say at least 50%. Last couple of years didn't seem too bad, but but it's always going to be a little mushy, right? I mean, in October, we're going to get enough rain 
that it's not going to be a hard, compact course. We, we so rarely get that. Yeah, and I think even, you know, some, even when it's not a, a terrible weather day, there are so many other little factors that are different, like the start time of the race, which, you know, can, is so unusual for a lot of our athletes. Throw that in, and it just, it, it seems like even minor poor conditions can, can be really, you know, can, can be really impactful. Were you surprised as you're at the finish line of the Flash Rock Riverview Health Meet? Were you surprised to see those times coming in for the first three or four boys? I was so excited watching them come in. Um, I was surprised, but it, it was it's the best boys race we've ever had individually at that meet. And that was like the 15th year for a Flash Rock meet. And those three guys just put on a show and I, I don't, I actually don't know if you and I talked about this after the race or not, but I was just so impressed with how, how they all handled uh, themselves in the shoot after the race was done. I mean, they, they, the three of them, like they, they kind of embraced in a hug. They were genuinely congratulating each other. It was like true sportsmanship. They, you could tell how proud they were of themselves, you know, each individually and that they knew like that they had accomplished something because all three of them really pushed each other so hard it was it was really neat to see that and that's what distance running is different you know it's an individual sport right and it's different than a, a true team sport um that only has the team aspect to it that it's not a zero-sum game right whereas in you know in a basketball game and a soccer game one team wins and one team loses um and of course there can be good individual performances but it feels like in that way especially because there's no defense that the, the athletes tend to be highly supportive of each other. I was like, so impressed with it. And I've said this to a number of people, like when I was in high school, I would never have done that. Like I, I like it would have been considered a sign of weakness, which is totally not true. I was just a 16, 18 year old jerk in high school. And um, I like, in a sense, I was like almost, uh, I don't know if the right word is jealous, but I was like, I wish I had that kind of maturity when I was in high school because I would never have done that. And I, and I probably missed out on, on some friendships and things like that. I was just really impressed. With them. I'd imagine a, a large part of that is that the, these kids are so connected now that if this were, yeah. if this were 1996 or even 2006, that, you know, Isaiah Sturry and Cole Matisson would see each other at, at meets two or three times a year and that would be it right but now they can they can text each other they can snapchat they, they can find ways to stay connected a lot and you can yeah you can see that after and something like that that these guys are they're they're not just competitors they're legitimately friends they're in contact with each other all the time i'd imagine yeah it was i think it's a great point but I, again I, I i can't stress how impressed i was with that and and uh you know they, they know how good each other how good they are you know like you could tell they, they know that they're when, when when they win or when they push that like i'm sure cole felt what, like he wanted to win of course but he pushed sturry to the max and and he was proud of that other meets coming up this weekend now it should be a nicer weekend we're gonna get we got the big drop from incc stats we're about to get the big drop in the weather uh it was very very warm on saturday across the state of Indiana, um, you know, the flash rock, the reserve races were at 11 for the boys and 1130 for the girls. And that, that certainly had a big impact on the meets. 
and they were around the same time for the varsity races at New Prairie. But now the forecast, at least in central Indiana, are calling for more like instead of mid 80s, more like mid 50s for these varsity races. <laughs> so uh, New Haven Invitational, do you know? If that is that going to be at Huntington or is that going to be on the old New Haven course? Because the semi-state, it's the New Haven semi-state. It's hosted by New Haven High School, but it's at Huntington University. I've not heard. Um, I would I would hope that it's going to be at Huntington, just so that those kids can, you know, kind of get a preview of what the semi-state course will look like. But I don't know that for a fact. And kind of going through some of the teams, Columbus North has gone there. Uh, in the, in the recent past, the boys, at least, I'm not sure if the girls are going to go, but um, it's a good chance for Columbus North to see a lot of those top uh, New Haven semi-state teams, minus Hamilton, Southeastern, and Fishers, that at least on the boys' side are the top two, but an opportunity for uh, Columbus North's potential All-Staters. They've got four or five of them probably to see, you know, the boys from Goshen um, and some of those. Yeah, I'm, I, that's a team I'm really right. excited. I hope they're at that meet. Um, when I penciled some things in about that meet, uh, I think the two, I'm really interested in them because, but we know, right, if they can, if those four or five, getting the four or five guys are developing from them. They're, an, they're a really interesting team. And, um, and the Fort Wayne Carroll girls, you know, I don't think we've really seen them in a big, big invitational yet. Um, and I don't think we've seen them at full strength yet. So they, uh, I hope, will be there and be at full strength and so we can see what they can do on that course because, you know, they're, they're in theory, I suppose, kind of a lead team in that, in that semi-state on the girls' side. Yeah, they certainly appear right now to be uh, the, best, the best of those teams. And on the boys' side, Hamilton, Southeastern, and Fishers are, are really good, maybe even never been better. Um, especially Hamilton Southeastern on the girls side, Hamilton Southeastern girls are about as, as good as they usually are. Um, and, and Carol's not quite as good as they've been the last three or four years, but they're still a podium contender. I mean, they they've gone on a real run these last three or four years, and it's actually been impressive early on. We've talked about how, how do they, res, how does the team respond to not being a contender, but, but being more in the mix for the top five. And they, they seem to have handled that adjustment pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I, if I looked at their roster, right, they've got a lot of freshmen and sophomores on there. So, um, you know, but I do think they have a senior that's the top girl or second girl. And, and uh, they, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, they're a team, you know, that we, I don't know if it was Taylor. Somebody mentioned we just don't talk about them a whole lot because they haven't run in a really big meet yet. And that's why I'm really, really hoping we get to get a good look at them this weekend or, or possibly at worst at, at Terre Haute maybe the next weekend. I don't know. They traditionally haven't come down there. You know what? I, I'm having trouble remembering all the conference alignment. I think that Carol and Homestead are in the SAC now, hmm. which they have their conference meet. That, oh, so it'd be that, that Saturday. Week. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the DAC is then. Do they, do they call it the DAC or do they call it the DAC? I don't know. So either one sounds good to me. They, they call it the MIC, right? Yeah. They don't call it the SAC. They call it the SAC. <laughs> and I don't know if they call it the DAC or the DAC. But I think a lot of those meets, Marion County, uh, north, up mm -hmm. northwest, the, the DAC, and then northeast, the, the SAC. And I, I, they've been back and forth a lot with whether Carol and Homestead were going to be in that conference. It's, it's a lot of the Fort Wayne proper schools, yeah. uh, whereas Carol and Homestead are more on the outskirts of the city. So I, I'm not entirely sure how the conferences are. I mean, 
I can't even keep track of the major conferences and, and college sports, right? The Big Ten's got, what, 14 teams now? Yeah. And, yeah, and soon I, to be 16. Yeah. Uh, another another conference meet, besides our, our main meet we're going to talk about after the break is the HCC. Um, certainly the most competitive conference in the state for distance running. The MIC is next week. That is basically Marion County Schools, Carmel, and Center Grove. Anything you're looking for in particular among the boys and the girls races at the MIC? Uh, yeah, I think, and, and you are, are more of the expert on the MIC, but it, it seems like there are more good teams and good runners in the MIC this year than maybe in the last few. I mean, Center Grove boys are uh, formidable. Uh, North Central boys are really, really solid. They're a state meet caliber team. So, I mean, you know what, you got eight, eight teams, right, in, in that race. We just mentioned three of them are, you know, state need caliber teams, you know, at least. Um, and so, you know, that, that's a, I don't want to say that's like unusual for the Mick, but it's, it's nice to see that. Plus some other solid, you know, individual runners from some of the other teams um, in there as well. And, uh, you know, it's kind of true of the girls race too. Um, North central girls are, are, are very good. And, you know, I think Carmel's clearly the class of that girls field, but um, you know, I, it's kind of a chance for North Central to to go attack, right, and see how fast they can run. They're not going to win, but but you know, jump on the back of that Carmel pack, and, and maybe you get five girls that can run under nineteen twenty. It's at Ben Davis, you said, right? Yeah, so it's at Ben Davis. They, you know, Ben Davis used to host a lot of, and they still do. The Ben Davis invite, the Mick, uh, the sectional and the regional are there. They added um, they added solar panels. And so for a few years, that kind of uh, driving range part of the course, it was a it was a two loop course and that that part was off limits and they had a different course for a couple of years. Um, but I've heard it's essentially the same course. I talked to a coach uh, on Saturday at that Flash Rock meet and um, he told me, yeah, it's about the same course, but the, the footing is way different after all that construction. So a week a week ago or a little more than a week ago that kind of week five during the when Ben Davis had the Ben Davis invite the times didn't run all that fast I think on the boys side they were about 10 seconds slower than Brown County whereas historically if you look at you know 2014 2015 2016 when that Ben Davis course was in its heyday they were those were probably equal courses right Brown County uh, of course yeah it's fast Ben it Davis fast. And it's, it's a little different now um but it's also going to be a 55 degree morning. I mean, maybe 60 degrees for the last race at the mix. So, uh, but how does it handle all that water too? Cause it's, it's, it looks like it's going to rain a lot this week and, and has started to rain. Yeah, I think, I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see if the, if it stops raining by Thursday, it could be enough time to dry out. But uh, Ben Davis course used to fly, not a hill in sight, but I have heard too, the footing isn't quite what it used to be, but I'm sure it'll still, it'll still run quick. And I'm sure center Grove boys will, will be, you know, in attack mode as well. And they didn't run their top guys at, at the flash rock meet uh, for a reason, <laughs> you know, they're, 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 I'm sure they'll be ready to go next Saturday. Yeah. And cross country is just over the last 10 to 12 years, essentially the time that I've been coaching has turned into really large meets, big invitationals, highly competitive, a lot of runners and it's just the Mick is going to be a, a really 
different experience, much more like the the 90s or the early O's with on the boys side, essentially three good teams, three state meet caliber teams. And it's only run seven in the varsity. Oh, so, really? They'll let you run seven. Yeah. The uh, yeah. Only, only, you can only run seven. So there's only gonna be 56 total runners in the race. And there's there's three teams that are far and away better than the rest of the field that it's just it's I don't want to say it's going to be a dual meet between Carmel and Center Grove on the boys side. Um, but I, I guess it's kind of a try meet essentially between those three schools. Yeah, and that always, you know, that that's like I don't I don't think coaches love that. If I'm I mean, if I'm <laughs> I don't know if I'm right in that, but it just seems like it's not a it's not a real indication of what your team is like in a in a in a meet like semi-state or state, of course. And so this time of year, you, you kind of want your guys and girls getting used to more what it's going to be like in a bigger race, I would think anyway. There's a real reason we've gotten away from dual meets and tri meets and gotten into big time invitationals. So I I think I think you and I are in agreement on that one. Uh, another meet and and as schedules have changed a lot in terms of conference meets, county meets, uh, those types of championships, this meet has changed, but uh, there is a big-time invitational up at Culver. Yeah, Coach Chastain puts on such a good meet up there. And, uh, you know, yeah, some of the, the changes to conference meets, like you just said, really, uh, I don't know, took, took a little bit of a, the, the awesomeness out of the comp- competitive level at Culver because – I mean, when I was coaching in, 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 you know, late 90s, all the way through about 2012, 2014, I mean, that was the biggest meet on schedule. I mean, that was, that was, that was the one you pointed to as sort of like the, the reg- state meet of the regular season, so to speak. And, um, and, you know, the course is great. It's a beautiful setting. And, and so, but yeah, now it's still a very good meet. I mean, it, don't get me wrong, but it, it, it's, it seems like, some teams go one year and some and don't go another year. And, and I've seen like, I think Concordia went one, a couple of years ago and, and they, when they were really good on the boys side and West Lafayette was kind of there, I think a couple of times when they were really good on the boys and girls side. So there's going to be great teams there. It's just maybe doesn't have quite the depth it used to have. Yeah. I mean, there've been years where Carmel boys and girls went, obviously now not able to do that with the Mick. There've been years where Columbus North boys and girls went conference indiana meet is shifted around so and that's the natural ebb and flow of these yeah. big time invitationals right is that they get really really big really competitive but schedules shift or maybe the meet becomes too big and other meets pop up and and maybe teams would rather see um certain courses or whatever that you know i don't know what year this is for culver but it's in the 30s or 40s i imagine and I it's one of the reasons New Prairie is so impressive that they've still been doing this after all of these years. And they still get, you know, 2,500 to 3,500 athletes every year. It's crazy. Um, You know, yeah, we, our heyday with the Riverview Health meet, we we peaked out at about 2,600, 2,700 athletes. We're at about 1,800 now. So that just kind of proves your point, you know, you kind of ebb and flow and, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if it comes back, but people are going to go to Culver because coach Chastain, run such a good meet and the setting is so beautiful. They're always going to have a great meet there. All right. Well, we've got one big meet next weekend coming up or this weekend coming up, I guess, depending on how you want to 
uh, interpret it. And that is the Hoosier Crossroads Conference. And we'll get into that after the break. And we're back. All right, the Hoosier Crossroads Conference, a conference that you are very familiar with from all your time at Westfield. Westfield was a, a charter member of the conference. Do you remember the first year they had the HCC? Yes, it was the year 2000. What were you guys in before that? We were in the Rangeline Conference. Us, <laughs> Sheridan, Tipton, Hamilton Heights, Yorktown, Zionsville was in there. No, I'm gonna, I, I don't remember the other two, but it was about those size schools. About 20 years now in the Hoosier Crossroads Conference. Let's go through the boys' meet and then the girls' meet because that's the order they're going to run this. I, uh, I went through and did a mock meet. What I did was I took um, INCC stats individuals and just kind of subtracted everybody else that wasn't in the HCC, capped everybody at seven, and uh, added those up. You want to guess the boys' favorite? Well, I mean, on INCC stats, I, I would I would think it would be Hamilton Southeastern, but um, they, they were. The way you're asking that question <laughs> makes it sound like that's not going to be who it is. Nope, a uh, little reverse 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 psychology. All right. It is Hamilton Southeastern. So when I scored it, here's what I got: Hamilton Southeastern fifty, Fishers seventy one, Noblesville ninety seven, and Zionsville hundred and two. Those are the top four. It's an eight-team conference currently. Number five, Franklin Central, 129. Six, Westfield, 137. Seven, Avon, 167. And eight, Brownsburg, 169. And there's some margin of error in there, right, as I, I could have maybe missed somebody. Uh, but that, that meshes pretty well with the INCC stats team ratings. What sticks out to you from those? those eight schools other than how six, strong it is six state meet caliber teams out of those eight that's pretty amazing uh you know that that means that like i'm just throwing out a number here if you place 35th in that race you're an awfully good boy runner <laughs> i mean and for a conference meet uh i don't know if it's changed but back in, in when i was coaching only the top 18 were considered all conference i think that's still the case um so, I mean, you're 35th and you're not even close to being all conference on the boys side. I'm just throwing it out there. That, that probably is what, you know, there has probably a sub 1630 guy in 35th place in that race. Yeah. I'd imagine. So, so as I'm looking through this kind of mock meet that I have the 35th score here is Noblesville's fifth guy and his rating yeah. on INCC stats is right at 17 minutes meaning on a really, really nice day, potentially on Saturday. Do you know if it's at Brownsburg or at uh, Noble? It's at Brownsburg. Okay. So, and those courses are about equally as fast, I'd say. And and on a 55-degree day, uh, that Brownsburg course might handle rain a little bit better than Noblesville one. Uh, Could that, yeah, that's, we could be looking at 35th, could be about 1630. Yeah. I mean, that that stands out to me. Um, I think, there's just so much there to unpack right i mean i think there's i would be stunned if there's a 21 point difference between first place and second place overall i don't think that's happening 
I think Fishers is too tough. They're going to be too ready to go for the, that kind of a gap. Uh, Fishers has an incredible history of running well on the boys' side in the HCC meet. Uh, Zionsville, I think, is, is, is a seriously underrated boys' team on INCC stats. Um, and, and the Westfield-Franklin Central matchup, they've, they've gone head-to-head couple times this year already there's just so much to look at in that meet um and you know even a school like Yvonne has two really good front runners that are that will be in that mix for you know all conference spots as well just it's a it's a great great race so individually on INCC stats top 25 right now this is after the week six uh meets that would be Flash Rock New Prairie most of these teams were at Flash Rock not all of them ran perhaps in anticipation of this meet coming up this yeah. weekend at uh, Brownsburg. Not all of them ran their top athletes. Zionsville set what was their top six. Uh, Fishers did not run maybe all 12 boys that are going to run in the varsity race uh, this weekend. Um, Noblesville set one of their top two. I think other than that, everybody ran. Uh, Franklin Central, I don't believe they had a meet at all. Um, there was like a Franklin Central JV meet. They, they certainly mm-hmm. weren't at Flash Rock. Ironic because it is Flash Rock. The flashes and the shamrocks. Yeah. Uh, so of the top 25 boys at on INCC stats right now, seven of them are going to be in this race. Wow. Which is yeah. a pretty incredible number. And, and not, um, depending on how you feel about uh, Kai Connor and his, his performance last week and, and through the season, I don't think that there's necessarily a dominant front runner, right? Yeah, I don't think there's like a, a runaway kid. Um, I I loved what Kai did at the Flash Rock meet. I mean, he went with the uh, with the the big front three there. I think he made it to about twenty seven hundred right in their back pockets, and then they just started to yank away from him. Um, but uh, yeah, right about when they crossed the street there on yeah, that. Yeah, I, I loved what he did there. I think that was a character building, maturing kind of a race. And uh, I, you know, I guess he'd be a slight favorite. But, you know, with so many good runners, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's definitely up for grabs. Nolan Satterfield would be the second-ranked runner, according to INCC stats on here. He's currently ranked ninth in the state. Kai Connor is seventh. Now, Connor would have beaten Satterfield by about 30 seconds this weekend. But Satterfield was ninth last year at the state meet. Ninth or tenth. He was in the top ten. Yeah. Kai, I mean, he, he goes to Westfield, which is where I teach, and he's had a tremendous career he's grown so much each year he's a very uh, inexperienced runner coming in as a freshman and he's just gotten tougher and tougher so i think he'll be he'll be tough to beat on saturday the best runner from fishers is a freshman we so rarely see that on the boys side and actually uh just out of interest you know both for indiana runner reasons and and just because this is what i'm familiar with he he's right at the level according to INCC stats adjusted ratings. Um, and it's, it's early in the season. And if you go back, obviously we have the luxury of seeing how these runners ran the whole season, but he's right at the level that Cole Matisson was as a freshman. And that's Sam Quaglianale from Fishers. Do you, do you give him a shot to win maybe? I do. I do. I think his race this Saturday is going to be much like, let's say what Kai's race was, or even Krishna's race was at Flash Rock. I mean, he's going to go with the lead group, right? I mean, you're not going to sit back in fifth place and try to kick your way to third. Um, and, you know, sometimes 
that's when you find out just you know what you're, how good you are is just get in there in the mix and and I guess we're going to find out how good he is probably on Saturday. And he's gotten he's been very consistent with his ratings when you look at their team profile on inccstats.com. A 15.54 rating at their Brownsburg meet, a 15.54 rating at the Hamilton County meet, a 15.53 rating that four days later at the state preview, and then 15.49 at the Mason Invitational in Ohio. So someone, it, it seems logical, it, the stats don't always bear this out, but it just seems logical or reasonable to me that a freshman is going to improve even if it's an elite freshman, and most of the elite all-state level runners are juniors and seniors, but a freshman's going to improve more than those kids as he gets, he or she, but in this case, he gets more experience and, and knows knows what to do, knows how to run the races, right? Yeah, and I think he's going to have experienced guys who are going to set the tone, you know, in the first, you know, two, three K, and all he's got to do is kind of go along for the ride, and if he's as talented as he looks right now, why, why not? Why couldn't you win? I mean, I think I don't you agree the winning time if the course holds up with all the water is probably going to be in the 1520s. Um, and I mean, why not? He could run there. I mean, it's got to be if if Kai Connor ran, he ran 33, I think. Yeah. So if he ran in the 1530s on a very humid, challenging course, dry, but like <laughs> it's, it seems like he could definitely take 10 seconds off. At uh, and and this is this is going to be you know we talked about how the Mick is kind of the dual or tri meet between some of these state meet caliber teams, but a big drop off and and not a ton of individuals from the other schools in there on the boys side and, and on the girls side as well. But this is the opposite of that. I mean, it, yeah. Avon and Brownsburg probably aren't going to challenge to make the state meet, but if if they were a new prairie, they'd be a lock. Yeah, uh, and particularly that Avon team with those two front runners. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's such a great conference. And, and, you know, we said seven are ranked in the top 25 currently on INCC stats. Two of them do go to Avon. But yeah. the, the depth is obviously what's what's catching them at a, at a meet like this. It also feels like there's kind of four groups of two teams each. So you've got your state title contenders, HSC and Fishers. This is the boys' side. Then you've got your... Typical podium teams on this year, maybe fringe podium teams in Noblesville and Zionsville, but likely state meet teams. Then there are the state meet hopefuls in, in Franklin Central and Westfield, and then just kind of rounding out the field competitive teams, but uh, not necessarily state meet teams in the central Indiana semi-state in Avon and Brownsburg. Yeah, it's a good way to say that. I, I didn't really look at it that way, but it makes a lot of sense. I think... Uh... It'll be really interesting to see if any of the, the teams who are in the, the grouping behind the, you know, the one in front of them, can they crack into the, like in a Westfield sneak in and knock off a Noblesville or, you know, something like you know, along those lines. Um, because I think that that would be an interesting thing. If that, something like that could happen, that could change the, the picture um, of who makes it to the state meet later on. The team could really gain confidence after this Saturday. So Fishers, Fishers, Zionsville, Avon and Brownsburg, I, I don't believe Avon and Brownsburg or Franklin Central, none of the, those three teams were at Flash Rock. Fishers and Zionsville were at Flash Rock but chose not to run most right. of their or, or any of their scores. Noblesville didn't run one of their runners, and the rest of their runners may be subpar. Hamilton Southeastern, it's 
they finished second. It's hard to get a, a great handle on them, but it felt like kind of a subpar race. And then Westfield boys were really good last week. Yeah. Of those three teams, if, if you had to be one of those three, would you rather have not run your best guys? <laughs> would you rather have run and run poorly? Or would you rather have run well the week before heading into a, a, an important but not consequential meet like this? I guess I'll give you a bad answer. I, I think well, I'm used I'm, to. I, I, I would love – I think you, as a coach, I always wanted to have a bigger perspective than just the conference. So I think running, whether you ran well or poorly at, let's say, Flash Rock this last weekend, I think is, a, is something that will help come semi-state and state meet. The, the, the character-building nature of the meet, the course, the pressure – uh, the level of competition, I think that's going to pay off down the road. Now, what's more valuable for this coming weekend at the conference meet? That's a really tough question. It's a really great question. I, I think um, I think because it was as hot as it was, I would probably prefer to have not run my kids because I'm guessing that some of those kids are going to need an extra 12 to 24 hours. Uh, to recover than they would have after a, a cooler morning. Um, and so I, I'm guessing that the teams that did not race their top guys might have a little bit of an edge coming into the, to an HCC setting. That makes sense to me. I, as a coach, I don't necessarily, I mean, you don't want to run poorly, right? You would obviously never purposely run subpar, but I don't mind if I'm HSC or Noblesville, who it's not for me to say that they ran subpar, but if we just look at the numbers, we were worse than our team rating on INCC stats, right? So if we, if we judge subpar by yeah. that metric, then, then I think it's fine to say that. I don't mind saying, Hey, this happened last week. We didn't, we didn't run our best. Like this is a great opportunity for us yeah. to run better. You guys, we know we can do better than we did the last week. Let's get a little more focused. Let's find some of the small errors, the small adjustments that we need to make and let's pull up 2006 Colts, right? That was, that was the year that Tony Dungy kept telling us it's just small adjustments. It's just small things. Everybody's just off by a little bit. And if we fix those, we're going to be great. Yeah. I mean, I never really minded it horrible. You know, my team ran poorly. I didn't mind it horribly in the middle of you know, mid season. Usually if you have a competitive team and, you know, and you're a, you know, an optimistic and motivation, motivational type of coach, um, the, the one thing you want to do after a poor performance is get right back out there and go. You don't want to wait another two weeks. You want to go right away. So I'm, those teams will be ready to go. I, I bet. Well coached teams. Let's switch to the girls side. And uh, I, I think this is right, but as I'm looking through it, I'm wondering if I missed one from Westfield or if I potentially misread my own handwriting. Here's what I've got uh, in this mock me one Noblesville 59 two Zionsville 62, three Westfield 79. Now place-wise that makes sense because Noblesville is number three, Zionsville is number four, and Westfield is number five on INCC stats. Number four, Hamilton Southeastern at 113. Number five, Avon at 115. Those teams were pretty close to each other at Flash Rock previous weekend. Number six, Franklin Central 152. Seventh Brownsburg, 171, and eighth Fishers, 172. It's crazy for Fishers to be eighth of eight in a conference that 
Fisher's girls could make the state meet out of that Fort Wayne semi-state. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't, you never want to say like you should make it because that's, that's a weird phrasing, but Fisher's girls uh, have a great shot at making it to the state. Can you imagine that? You make it to the state and you finish last in your conference possibly. We'll see. I'm going to pull that up actually and see what is their percentage. They're ranked sixth right now on INZZ stats in the New Haven semi-state, and that gives them a 43.3% chance. So they're kind of in a, a grouping of, of similar teams, probably fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. I'm not entirely sure how far down it goes, but yeah, it's realistic that a team could finish last in their conference, eighth of eight, and still be represented at the state meet team-wise. Yeah, they're good. I mean, they got a good front runner and they, and they ran well last Saturday. I mean, it, they're a good team. We feel like the girls' team race is, is between those top three, right? Noblesville, Zionsville, Westfield. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the, the INCC stats would, would uh, bear that out. I, I think it would take a lot for an HSC or, or an Avon to, to be one of those top three teams. Um, just depth-wise, both those teams have good front-running, Avon and HSC on the girls' side, but depth-wise, they may not quite have it. But, um, it, you know, everybody's so close. This is the type of meet, I think, anything really could happen. I mean, it's, it's, I don't think anything would, I just say anything, but very few things would stun me this weekend. It's, it's, uh, teams are really, really close. Westfield girls. Awesome. Last week, they've so far exceeded our expectations or at least our preseason expectations. I think they were somewhere in the thirties, maybe high 36, 36, 36. And they are now fifth. Yeah. On, um, so it's, thanks a lot, Whitney. You're making me look dumb. Not that it takes a lot. It but, does not. Uh, <laughs> or at least not 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 when you're Whitney. They've uh, they've been they've they've been consistently solid. 183 team rating at the Wildcat Classic. 194 team rating at uh, Flash Rock the previous weekend. Uh, Noblesville is is ahead of. Um, both Zionsville and Westfield going into this meet, but do you maybe putting you in a tough position? Do you, could you pick a favorite of those three? You got a prediction? You know, I don't like predictions. I, uh, but uh, I, I think one thing that I really, and this is not a, a biased thing for me with Westfield, uh, just as an, an outside observer, what I really am uh, impressed with, with Westfield and the coach, the job that coach Bevins is doing is, they're getting better every week. And it may not necessarily show on you know, an INCC stats rating, but uh, as an example, like, you know, finishing second at the Flash Rock meet, I don't think any of their girls ran like the best race they ran all year, but they're, 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 they were solid. You know, they were really solid in really tough conditions. And they just seem to be getting better each week. So I, I don't know that we would say they're the favorite, but um, if they keep improving like they have over the last four weeks, uh, they're going to they're gonna make you earn it. I'll tell you that. Were all of their girls on the team last year? As I'm looking through their profile, none of their seven are freshmen. Their top seven are freshmen. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, one girl um, who I think is their fifth girl now, or it was on, on Saturday, uh, ran at the semi-state last year. Uh, the other six girls are none of them ran in the postseason last year. Uh, just various things, uh, you know, little injuries and health issues with some of those kids last year. And but they were all on the team. They were um, 
they have a, they have Kelly Piscina, I think is her name, is the is one of their top five or six runners. She was not on the team last okay. year. Um, but um, Liz Smith and Sydney Klingel Smith um, and Hannah Pencil all were, and that's kind of their front three right now. I mean, it's this is so rare, and it would take it would take a, a good amount of research that uh, I'm not willing to do at the exact moment, but mm-hmm. may eventually look back to is a a girls podium team with a bunch of runners that were that were on the JV the year before. I mean, sometimes you'll see obviously boys teams that maybe that was the eighth, ninth, tenth best. But for a girls team like Westfield to be a legitimate podium contender, I mean, it wouldn't be outrageous if the Westfield girls were third at the state meet this year. And yeah, stunning. To, to have elevated these former JV runners and and not not be bringing in a, a, a huge talented uh, group of, of freshmen or maybe some some soccer players or whatever like this is this is incredible I mean this this might be the story of the year it boys or girls in Indiana high school cross country I I agree again I'm biased coach Bevins has done such a great job and and add into that you know they don't really have a it's like they have a front run it's not like they got a move in that runs 1730 that you know everybody's just you know, kind of a shot of adrenaline into the program. You know, it's just every, you know, I, I'll leave it at this with, with Westfield. I think it really shows you the importance of track uh, because very quietly, nobody probably noticed, but the Westfield girls distance team had a great track season. They weren't girls that, you know, ran, you know, 1105 or made it to the state meet, but they had girls that made huge progress. And Coach Bevins and Coach Wachtell had a lot to do with that. And you know, a lot of girls that, that went from being like 12, 20, 3,200 runners to 11.35. Well, you put five 11.35 girls on a cross-country course, you're going to be pretty good. Not as deep individually as the boys' side. Just one in the top 25 on INCC stats, but six in the top 40. And this is, you said, you know, you wouldn't be shocked by anything. Yeah. But this is this is a meet where I feel like there are a lot of different girls who could win this individually. I'm not sure that there's a star anywhere. The number one ranked individual is uh, the, the girl from Avon, Jessica Hegedus, I think is her name. I'm probably not saying that correctly, Um, but there's another, another good front runner from Fishers. Uh, Certainly Noblesville's freshman Brinkley Cooper has been really good this season. Kirsten Hill from Zionsville has only run maybe one race, um, but was, was the, the top rated runner coming in both on Indiana runner and on INCC stats. I mean, there's a lot that could happen individually in this meet, right? Yeah. I think the, I think you're looking at 600 to go and, and there could be eight different girls that have a chance to win. And none of those eight have probably ever won a meet anywhere near this big. (laughs) So it could be exciting. Yeah. That's a really good point that, uh, this is a huge meet and it's so rare because of, because all of our meets are big time invitationals that individuals so rarely win a race. And it sends it's, it tends to be the same two or three kids, every single invitational that win at the various parts of the state that, yeah, the winner of this is probably someone that has never won a high school cross country race. Or certainly not a, you know, not, not a conference meet. I mean, maybe they want a small invite on you know, a Tuesday night or something, but, 
Although nobody does that anymore either. No, oh, gosh. God help you if you're going to a cross-country meet on a Tuesday night. Shout out to <laughs> Hamilton County. No more Tuesday night Hamilton County meets. We're moving it up to a Saturday. Cool, man. Hey, anything else you're looking for this, this next weekend? It's, it, it, gets, it gets more exciting every week. It does. I, you know what? I just wish the Floyd Central girls were in the HCC. You know, that would be that would make it a <laughs> perfect weekend. Are you are you going to go to the HCC and watch? Uh, I my daughter's uh, running in a meet uh, for her her little fifth grade team. So uh, so I'm gonna I'm, I'm one of the coaches. So we're going to go there. I'm sure I'll get texts uh, uh, updates uh, live as it's happening though. That's a very that's a very worthwhile excuse. Thank you. Daughters meet plus coach. I mean that's that's double. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 it's, it's a lot more challenging than coaching high school kids. I can't even, I can't even corral them and have them be quiet for more than 30 seconds at a, 20 seconds at a time. Was it, is this parent corner? What? Uh, okay. So, so I don't want to say the name of your daughter um, in case you don't want to, but is, is she in fifth grade? Yeah, she's in fifth grade. So she runs like in the 11, 12 year old grouping for our youth cross country team. And what, what's the race distance? Uh, she'll race three K. 3k yeah did you tell me that earlier and i was just as shocked as i am now yes that that happened so, a couple weeks ago does she does she run the whole thing without walking yeah yeah she's just she's only run one and they had one meet a couple weeks ago and and yeah she did she started they were like i don't know like it was just an inner squad meet she started out in like 15th place and she finished fourth so she just kept moving up she looked like a veteran out there wow and is this so is this all all your school district then she goes yeah it's, she goes to your okay and you guys have full team and everything yeah i mean from believe it or not from kindergarten through sixth grade there are about 140 to 150 kids in the, in the program wow yeah that's a lot yeah practice is crazy man you guys are getting it done out there up there over there i'm not entirely you're north of us just by a little bit yeah, yeah my, we have a uh, lot of kids that make it all the way. They keep going all the way to high school. My uh, my son went to the meet. We we live by the school where I teach. So the meet being in town, he came to the meet and he did tell he's two. Now he he didn't straight up say this. He more just agreed when asking the question. He did tell Cole Matisse that he was going to break his school record. <laughs> so Cole set the school record on. Uh, on the, on the meet last weekend and my yeah, son awesome is that i said uh are you gonna run as fast as cole are you gonna break his record and he said yes he's gonna break cole's school record i i 100 believe it 100 well and, and at that point i mean who knows what the shoes are going to be made out of right like, you know, like it won't matter he's, or whatever. it won't matter he's got your genetics i mean it's it's a, it's a done deal <laughs> well actually it's uh distance running talent is all mitochondrial DNA. This is a science corner now. And that comes almost a hundred percent from the mother's side. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how good, hopefully in the future, we'll see how good my wife's uh, distance running talent is. <laughs> VR. I'm sure VR it'll be kids. So, all right, man. Hey, exciting meet, exciting meets last weekend, exciting meet coming up. Any, any parting words? No, just like I always say every week, Indiana high school cross country. I mean, it doesn't get any better. Doesn't get any better. All right. Hey, thanks, Scott. Thank you.